0: What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons & Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deitchman. That's right, and this week we're going to be talking about character death and TPKs because we're just so cheery here. It's great. <laughs> and uh, then after that, we're going to be answering some listener questions. But first, Allie, how were your games this week?
1: They were well. Um, so, <laughs> you know how the past few weeks have been kind of a post-campaign filler episode kind mm-hmm. of feel? Well, uh they went on a date
0: <laughs> All of them?
1: No, uh, two of them did, but it took three of them with to the plan same it. person? No. no. <laughs>
0: with each other? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought there was never mind. No.
1: <laughs> 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 um, yeah, Miss Twyla and Roland, they uh they went on a date. It was super cute. And then they went to Waterdeep, which is where Twyla hails from, and that's where her parents come from, and have some plans in the works with her parents. And hey, it's great. Hang on, I want I want
0: to back the love truck up a second, yeah. and and just point out how good your group is at like separating the players at the table oh, to yeah. their characters. Because you said you name dropped two characters there. That is your boyfriend, yeah, and a woman who just got married yeah. to a different man,
1: yeah. No, I love them both. <laughs> That's
0: fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, this this whole like character building has been happening for goodness knows a long time now, and they they played it out beautifully, and I couldn't have been more happy about it. And then I realized I'm really good at playing player characters' parents. <laughs>
0: Somewhere there's a psychology major listening to this and he's just (laughs) glued to their headphones right
1: now. Like, um, do you remember when we were doing Ravnica and I played Spencer's mom? And how much she despised him and like how I showed it in that way. I hated that woman. I know. And so it's like, I don't know how I was able to do that so well because I'm very much not that kind of person. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to play two completely different personalities of these parents of Twyla. However, they're very much her Parents, and that's what they told me immediately after the session. They're like, Wow, you really played her parents very well, and I'm like, I don't know how.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and then I kind of laid in like a little mystery spot too because, like, one of the characters' daughters she is having visions/slash memories in her dreams.
0: Oh, that always turns out well.
1: Oh, yeah, and um, they Twilight kind of figured out she's having past life memories, but she's a half elf only elves get those and so they're not really confused and so they're asking about higher ups what what's going on with this what does that mean little do they know well they do know a lot um it all connects to the story and i'm very excited about it (laughs) um and then we also did a bookstore game and that was very fun. Mm-hmm. It's October spooky month. Spooky month. So we got to do uh Curse of Strahd themed games. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, I-
0: you you guys did Curse of Strahd three themed games. I just threw Curse of I just threw strad Strahd von Zerovich at a bunch of children.
1: Yeah. I I mean like he flew in on his nightmare just like hanging out What's <laughs> up? like in the last thirty minutes and actually turned a kid into a vampire. So that was cool.
0: I would love to play a Curse of Strahd campaign, but Strahd just l- literally be the embodiment of everything wrong with masculinity. <laughs> and like he just rolls up like a frat dude. Sup. Sup? How you bras doing?
1: Well tight. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and he just mansplains to all the Oh my in the god, group. that'd be so
0: <laughs> like somehow he's he's like manspreading on his horse. <laughs> It'd be so good. He
1: kidnaps one of them and it's like, oh, but then she barely has enough room on the horse. <laughs> 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 um, but it was a lot of fun doing that and it made me excited to do it again next time. I don't know if
0: you realize this, but you're being kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's not called kidnapping. It's called being taken against your will. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. <laughs> what about you?
0: Uh, yeah. So all i've I've done is the uh is the bookstore game. Uh, like I said, I threw straw at a bunch of children <laughs> because I was like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. And then like two of the kids, like they're dad came and like hey we got to go i'm like i looked the rest because i'm like you screwed <laughs> <laughs> you guys just lost two players one kid got turned into a vampire that was fun
2: oh nice <laughs> yeah
0: he seemed very confused and then very excited about it
2: oh
1: yeah
0: except it did kind of kill his like Castlevania like fantasy he was playing
1: <gasps> oh it was that one kid yeah no like there is this
0: kid i mean he had to be like 11 at the most mm-hmm. and i was describing like Ravenloft and stuff and he goes oh <gasps> It's Castlevania. I'm like, you're my favorite kid at this table. <laughs> like, I just started singing Castlevania music as we mm-hmm. were going. It was great. But yeah, I, I threw Strahd at them and I did a few encounters from Ravenloft and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um uh, the, I was hoping it was gonna be a bit more spooky. In fact, I had actually planned a pretty gruesome reveal that when it turned out that I got only kids and one adult, I went, you what? Maybe I won't do that one. Not. Maybe maybe yeah. floating dead bodies with hole punctures in their necks above Ugh. a table is probably not <laughs> the best thing. No.
1: To, so, I, I
0: passed on that. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, like, yeah, that's totally what I, I... I mean, I didn't do any of that kind of stuff. I kind of just set the atmosphere and the spooky mood Ooh. with you, literally only using the fog and just describing it in detail <laughs> and, like, the feeling that they had while they were in the fog. I said the word dread probably, like, 20 times that night
2: mm-hmm. dreadful
1: <laughs> you felt dread on the wind
0: i will say the most disappointing <laughs> thing about that game though mm-hmm. my strahd voice was on freaking point <sighs> and it was just wasted on those kids because oh, they no. just did not care <laughs> and i'm like oh guys but i'm it's so good the night. like i'm even happy with it like that never happens i'm never happy with my voices mm-hmm. um but no it was a good night oh, yeah. uh, and then uh tonight after done recording finally picking back up with golden pals Yay. and um this crazy stuff's going to happen. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, that's going to that's going to be an interesting <laughs> one. Um something that I half stole from Chris Perkins and turned into my own and yeah.
1: Who's going to win this roulette wheel of villains of yours? I don't know. It's great. Oh, they I don't think they're
0: going to get there. They're not going to get there yet. Okay. If, but I shouldn't say that. I've <laughs> They've blown through stuff before I'm like, crap, they're at the climax of this Mm -hmm. book, and I'm not prepared for that. So, you know, it's happened. Um, But yeah, that's what happened with me. Nice. Well, let's move over into some news, or Uh as listener Brian Schmidt suggests, checking the broadsheets.
1: I love it. And I kind of love it.
0: for anyone that's uh listening that does not know what broadsheets are and you're just like aren't you saying board sheets? Not nah, broadsheets, man. Mm-hmm. Uh I did a Google search. <laughs> um, so apparently broadsheets uh used to be uh basically giant newspapers that were printed on one side and then just stuck to a fucking wall.
1: Mm-hmm. Imagine like if you unfold a newspaper and then you it was only one side. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the size yeah. of it.
0: <laughs> and that's how they would get news out because they couldn't Print enough newspapers because printing <laughs> presses were sad and slow, yeah. uh, and so they just printed out one giant one and put it up on the wall for everybody to read. And so I kind of like that checking the broad broadsheets. Yeah. So we're gonna be checking some broadsheets, and first up on that sheet is uh, there is a new Idol Champions character coming. Yes, we're still talking about Idol Champions. Yay. It's happening. Don't don't Always don't be mad. Uh, that character's name is Avrin. But what is probably the coolest freaking thing about it is that this is Todd Kendricks uh, of D and D Beyond. His childhood character. Oh. <laughs> like he said on Twitter, he made this character when he's eight years old. That
1: is so great. <laughs> and probably one of the other more
0: heartwarming things. One of his items is Avrin's wedding ring because his character got married to his wife's character. Oh, oh and my it God. is the most heartwarming thing. And I love everything <laughs> it's about it. So cute. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Todd, Todd Kenrick's uh, character, Avrin will be joining Idol Champions next week. I cannot wait to unlock him. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. just unlocked... Oh my God, Rosie Beestinger again! Oh nice. Yeah, I was like, Oh, I've already got. It. No, I don't on my phone. So I, I'm I'm working through doing that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I've I'm got, gonna... like, because of their bonus gift of like, because you're awesome of time pieces. I now have like 24. Oh, you got of those. that too?
0: I thought I thought I was the no. only one that was awesome. Well,
1: Damn it. We're both awesome. Oh. Anyways, um, I, yeah, I got like 24 <laughs> of those pieces now, and I really gotta cash them in to get all all the items. For yeah. The
0: <laughs> I, I need. So I got the 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 six time gate keys like you did, mm-hmm. and that's why I got Rosie. I need one more. I'm. Hoping open that it lets me get strix oh yeah if it lets me get strix or uh because if i get kathrys that's the last c team member i need
1: kathrys makes yeah, everything about walnut sick. so good yeah i will not
0: i just love kathrys He's mm-hmm. so cool oh yeah <laughs> god there's so many people right now that are just tuning out right they're like <laughs> i don't care what the hell they're talking about but you should um the next bit of news uh I think this is really cool and worth mentioning. Oh, yeah. The new issue of Dragon Plus is out, which if you're unfamiliar, Dragon Plus is a digital magazine that Wizards put out about Dungeons & Dragons that you can get digitally online or through a your smartphone on an app that's just called Dragon Plus. Yep. It's free. You can read it. It's awesome. It's got some good interviews and stuff. But this month, specifically, they actually have an article about American Sign Language. Yeah. And how to actually sign certain D&D things like roll initiative, beholder, uh <laughs> roll for an attack, stuff like that. Yeah. Um and I think that is freaking awesome and I would kind of love now that I think about it, to do some of that. So if we like say we ever had someone come and sit at the table at the bookstore that Mm -hmm. had that needed sign i could sign at least roll for initiative and and help them through it
2: oh yeah i Uh, think
0: that would be fantastic
1: yeah as soon as i saw that i was like oh man i could i could just practice this in my game Mm -hmm. and it kind of made me realize like while I'm playing, and having fun. I could practice learning another language. This is what a crazy concept.
0: <laughs> That'd be so funny. Like one of those times where like everyone is just talking and you just sign roll for initiative. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> funny
1: enough, Taylor actually does know ASL, and so oh she, really? She, yeah, she would pick up on it. She'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Uh, but yeah, I besides you know Dragon Plus just being a really good resource for D D mm-hmm. news. Uh, I really think you guys should check that out. It's that's yeah. a fantastic thing. And now, probably the (laughs) big chunk of this news, (laughs) of course, More on Earth Arcana came out after we recorded last week.
1: Yeah, quite literally, like the day after. (laughs) They always
0: do this. (laughs) Uh, I think there was one where it was released just before we recorded.
1: Yeah, it was like an hour before we recorded they released it. But this one...
0: This one is uh, cleric, druid, and wizard. Yes. And one of these is so freaking cool. I've forgotten what the other two do.
1: <laughs> I didn't. <laughs>
0: um. So let's let's do our usual thing. Run through <laughs> these and talk about them as uh, as we go. So yeah. um, I'll, I'll I'll do the first one. So for, okay. oh wait, no, you. This is yours. You yeah. do the cleric. This, no, is this is your. This is the one you love.
1: I love this one so much. <laughs> okay so the first one is the cleric um it's the divine domain of the twilight domain uh not essentially, the book yeah no no no, no. you um, don't sparkle literally it, the it, this domain governs the transition and blending of light into darkness it's a time of rest and comfort but also the threshold between safety and the unknown so there they list a ton of deities that kind of lay it out where it's like oh you could have like this one or this one or this one um yeah this was
0: really fascinating like the raven queen is in here yeah also the traveler which made me go to destiny again
1: (laughs) and like uh morpheus uh saloon is in there and clerks who serve these deities tend to be brave delving into dark to hold its dangers at bay and to bring comfort to those lost far from the light and so just looking at the domain spells is actually really neat because they all kind of fit the theme very well um first off first level Fairy Fire. I fucking love that spell. Yes, that that definitely 100 and Sleep, um, Darkness, and Visibility at third, fifth is Aura of Vitality in Liam's tiny hut, both really good spells for just protection. yep Seventh Aura of Life and Greater Invisibility, also cool. It's <laughs> the theme of life and dark mm-hmm. and light and everything. And then ninth is Circle of Power and Dream, which I just thought was really neat. Um, so first level, uh, you gain proficiency with martial weapons and heavy armor because this. Whole archetype is really meant for being that protector of the mm-hmm. group. So they I will say though that, that you in there
0: that heavy armor surprised me.
1: Not so much for me because it's like I think um, the forge and then what is it the light not life the other war domain like, gives yeah, you heavy yeah. yeah. And so this one is not necessarily being up in there to attack, but it's being up in there to protect. Yeah, which is kind of one of the things that they were slightly lacking. The forge domain does it in a way, but in a way that's completely not themed towards this yeah (laughs) um getting into really cool stuff at first level your eyes are blessed it's called the eyes of night um allowing you to see through the deepest gloom you have dark vision with no maximum range you can see that's the part that blows my mind yeah you can see in dim light and in darkness as if it were dim light so it's Mm -hmm. like you just, you can just see, you can yeah. just roll two miles away. You can roll perception and well, there you go.
0: Yeah, I, I, I saw you and Marcos talking about this on Twitter and um, he was saying, I was like, oh, well, if you already have dark vision, like whatever. I'm like, yeah, but this is an infinite, like mm-hmm. you don't have a limited amount. This is more than a drow has. Like yeah. that's insane.
1: Yeah. And then on top of that, as an action, you can magically give the benefit of this feature to any number of creatures you can see within 10 feet of you. This shared benefit lasts for 10 minutes. You can extend this benefit a number of times equal to your wisdom mod, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So are you full of humans in a party or dragonborn in a party and none of you can see in the dark? Not anymore.
0: <laughs> I will say like, you know, we've been talking about like overpowered seven and stuff. I hate to use destiny terms and video games terms here, but this is going to get nerfed. Oh, like yeah. there's no way that this gets printed this way. Like. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's unlimited all the time and you can give this benefit minutes. to other people.
1: Yeah. Which can last an entire dungeon crawl. That's
0: insane. 10 minutes
1: is not, is is actually really long time considering each fight only lasts like under a minute each yeah. encounter.
0: Like I, I could see them turning the infinite thing into a turn on thing and you can do it an amount of times equal mm-hmm. to something. And then the benefit giving to other creatures only being 60 feet yeah because
1: just allowing dark vision or like like allowing the effects of the spell dark Mm -hmm. vision like out to everyone yeah yeah because that's just it's really cool but yeah i agree it is kind of overpowered but it's just such an idea.
0: right now just use it up man that's cool
1: so another first level feature is called vigilant blessing The knight has taught you to be vigilant. As an action, you give one creature you touch, including maybe yourself, advantage on the next initiative roll the creature makes. So you can either give yourself advantage or one of your friends advantage. Um, The benefit ends immediately after the roll or if you use this feature again. So you could do that as you walk into a dungeon. And then 40 minutes later, you roll initiative and that person would still have advantage.
0: Yeah. And there's no amount of times per day yeah That's no crazy you just
1: you just go for it and so like no matter what someone in your party is going to have advantage on initiative
0: well here's the thing as long as you remember <laughs> <laughs> which you should <laughs> but people don't i
1: know i would straight up, if i was playing this class i would straight up make you, a little tent card and just throw it at people you, you play
0: magic the gathering but you know how <laughs> often i forget things i can do I know. <laughs> um all right, and then the Channel Divinity.
1: Mm-hmm. A twilight Sanctuary. You can use it to refresh your allies with soothing twilight. As an action, you present your holy symbol, and a sphere of twilight emanates from you. The sphere is centered on you, has a 30-foot radius, and is filled with dim light. The sphere moves with you, and it lasts for a minute. Whenever a creature, including you, ends its turn in the sphere, you can grant that creature one of these benefits. One D8 temporary hit points, and N1 effect causing it to be charmed or frightened. So, it's... A minute long, immediately, like, essentially, you just have to end your turn in that sphere. So if someone's frightened, they run to you. You can stop being frightened. Oh. If they're charmed, they can go away from the charmed creature so they can't attack it, go to you. You could stop them being charmed. It's I'll be honest, thing. this
0: this is how I feel Channel Divinity should work, mm-hmm. where it is an area around you that lasts a certain amount of time. Though I'll be honest, when they're like, Refresh your allies with soothing twilight. Oh, I'm like every time I use this, I'm just gonna play Careless Whispers by Wham. Totally This is like when you when you get my circle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: And what's nice is that if you are up in the fight too, and there's no reason to be charmed or feared in the fight, you can easily just give them one d eight temporary hit points every round
0: as long as they have used them because they even do the thing rule tip oh yeah temporary hit points do not stack
1: yeah but like as long as they end the turn within 30 feet of you you can just give them a refreshed 1d8 yeah if if they if they've lost it yeah yeah so that is their channel divinity and then at sixth level steps of the brave so you draw strength from your connection to the twilight and find yourself at home within its dark embrace this is the utility uh part of it right you have advantage on saving throws against being frightened if you are in dim light or darkness, you can use a bonus action to magically give yourself a flying speed equal to your walking speed until the end of your next turn. That's insane. Yeah. So, I, again, I really like the theme of this concept because it's like you're in the dark and I can just imagine seeing the wispy darkness. like.
0: It's <laughs> like you're Raven then, from Teen Titans. Fucking
1: exactly. And I love it so much. <laughs> Except you're Raven who wants to protect everyone. <laughs> I
0: mean, she does. She's just, she's just saucy about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, there's divine strike, which <laughs> I kind of explained to it. Well, well hang on, Re- in a way. real quick. Yeah.
0: Uh, Steps of the brave that mm-hmm. you have advantage on saving throws against being frightened. Yeah. That's like old. That's, that's like well, no, but that's like third edition courage for fighters. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see it here in a cleric uh, domain about like light and dark and mm-hmm. everything. Like I kind of get like you're scared of the dark, uh, but. That is a really interesting feature to see in this class. Yeah. and I, I But I, I I like it. I like that it's something very unique to it, even though it is something from an older edition.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I really like it because of the theme of it. Because, yeah, it's not just like you're not just pr- afraid of the dark and you're not just protecting those who can be afraid. You're you're there for them. <laughs> you know. Um, the next one is Divine Strike. And it kind of sounds like a paladin thing. And if he sounds like a paladin thing, well, that's because it kind of is Mm. so once on each of your turns when you hit a creature with a weapon attack you can cause the attack to deal an extra 1d8 psychic damage and at 14th level increases to 2d8 paladins have this thing at higher levels where they always um like smite in a way where it's a lower level of smite but they kind of constantly do it on every hit this is like a very low form of that but the fact that you deal 1d8 psychic damage and it's psychic damage yeah. too it's not like radiant which some things are you know resistant some things are vulnerable it's it's psychic which hardly anything except for i think uh constructs and well buildings
0: i don't quite understand why it's psychic
1: um because you gain okay so you infuse it with divine energy Yeah. the, yeah. the, ways, the way they describe it doesn't quite make sense but i can only imagine it's because you're you're infusing it with the idea and concept of all things that should frighten from the darkness.
0: I I guess I but like,
1: but they don't explain it I very well. F- I
0: feel like the only reason it's psychic damage is to make it different from a paladin's divine strike. That's exactly what it and is. Yeah, I wish it was radiant because that makes more sense. Like you're in the dark, and then all of a sudden there's this burst this of light burst as of you light. strike something. Like that Every single makes turn too. that fits with the rest mm-hmm. of this yeah. uh, class. So that's that one's a little weird.
1: Yeah, the fact that it is psychic damage is funky but yeah i'm pretty sure it's because it is they didn't want to just make like a weaker paladin and they didn't want to overstep some some archetypes then at 17th level uh you get midnight shroud which is one of the ones that i believe a few people are saying like nope this is too much you can harness the shrouding power of night to protect your allies and stimmy your foes whenever you cast the darkness spell using a spell slot you can choose a number of creatures that you can see including yourself equal to your wisdom modifier the chosen creatures can see through the magical darkness.
0: That's not uh, what so people are saying like that's too much. That's o- too OP.
1: It's casting darkness, which usually means no one can see through it. Yeah. Um, except for the, uh, the shadow sorcerer. Mm-hmm. I don't really think right now any other class can see through magical darkness, unless mm-hmm. you cast a spell that can allow you to. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just allowing you to see through it. It's also allowing you and your, allies and like up to possibly four other people Mm -hmm. with you can see through it and so the advantage of that is literally that advantage because if what you're fighting is blind you have advantage against them and they have advantage disadvantage against you Mm -hmm. because they're blind so that can shift an entire fight over and I've heard a couple of people say that's way too much to give a player. But at the same time, this is their seventeenth level thing. Yeah. It should be that big. It yeah. should be that impactful. And I really like it. And just the idea of it and the theme of it really fits Well, how
0: me. big of a zone does darkness take up? Isn't it only fifteen feet or something?
1: It's like a twenty foot it's like a fifteen foot radius. Oh. Yeah, it's actually yeah, it's a rather big. large it's rather large. And you can just cast it on your sword or something that, that's on the ground and you can just carry it with yeah, you. Yeah,
0: I literally just recently found out that um, darkness moves. I'm like, that doesn't seem right.
1: Yeah, it totally does. I had my well, my paladin who's also multiclassed into the shadow sorcerer, mm-hmm. um, he casted it on a weapon that was on the ground and he's like and he picked it up and he's like, Well, let's go and then everything around him was totally blind and he was just having advantage and nothing could hit him. It was crazy powerful to see it but of course at low levels darkness is kind of like situational Mm -hmm. (laughs) of a spell and so you gotta have to be careful with that because of course this says
0: magical darkness spreads from a point you choose within range Mm -hmm." to fill a 15 foot radius sphere So we'll talk about this later, but uh, oh, oh, if the point uh, you choose is an object you are holding or one that isn't being worn or carried, the darkness emits from the object and Mm -hmm. moves with it. That's insane, man. Yeah. So
1: you can cast it on a rock, throw it down a hallway, and then they can't see.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a 15 foot sphere. Yeah. Jesus.
1: So like the spell darkness can be really powerful and helpful in a sense, but it can also really hinder your allies. So, you just got to be careful with it. But at a 17th level, that can suddenly be like your winning thing, yeah. which is such a cool thing.
0: Well, and also, to be completely honest, at 17th level, as a DM, if you're worried that someone's going to like OP you on that, like there's plenty of things you can do to like not completely counter oh, yeah. that. But I
1: mean, you know how many dragons have like true sight? Like they, <laughs> they can yeah, look through darkness. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> at,
0: se- at 17th level, that one, I think that's fine. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Druid Circle. Yes. Circle of wildlife. Why don't you take this one? Because I, I really want to read I the I know. You, you like the only I answer. love the wizard. All
1: right. So the second. So Druid level. Um, I, I said the wrong thing twice. Druid Circle. It is the circle of wildfire. Uh, circle you get that at life. second level as per usual when you're a Druid. The Druids who are members of the circle of wildfire understand the necessity of destruction, such as how a forest fire promotes growth. They bond with a primal spirit that harbors destructive tendencies, allowing the druids to use their power to create controlled flames that help flora and fauna reproduce and grow. I feel
0: like this is the the druid circle of California.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> it's very much into the idea of like a lot of people have been asking like, well, where's our elemental druid? Because mm-hmm. there's like all about nature and everything, but isn't the elements part of nature? Yeah. And, well, here it is in a weird way. <laughs> Well, uh, second level, when you first join the circle, you get spells. You have formed a mystical bond with a wildfire spirit. At right, second level, you learn the firebolt cantrip. And when you reach certain wow. levels, you get, let's see...
0: At uh, third level, you get locate animals or plants and scorching ray. Fifth mm-hmm. level, you get fireball. You get fireball. Yeah, you
1: get fireball as a druid. <laughs>
0: druid gets a freaking fireball. Yes. Uh, and plant growth, mm-hmm. which is, I do love that duality there. That's kind of great. Mm-hmm. Uh, seventh level, you get aura of life and fire shield. And then at ninth level, you get flame strike and raise the dead. Yes. <laughs> this is insane.
1: Yeah so you always have these spells prepared and they don't count against the number of spells you can prepare each day um so it's a druid spell for you period then also at second level when you take the circle you get summon wildfire remember how i was talking about that primal spirit
2: mm-hmm. well
1: you get to say hi to him he appears <laughs> in an unoccupied space of your choice you can see within 30 feet of you each creature within 10 feet of the spirit other than you when it appears mix 16 a deck save or take 2d10 fire damage
0: i think this power should be called sup bitches
1: yeah it's because it's literally a wildfire spirit
0: that's so cool mm-hmm. he's
1: friendly to you and your companions and obeys your commands unlike an elemental that you'd have to conjure that which could possibly not be anymore um it does have the game stats in there the creatures stat block so you can straight up look it at it in the ua i won't really go over it too much it very much just says like it has a ranged weapon like fire attack. Mm-hmm. It's really neat though, but really it's that whole initial burst that's really cool. Uh, in combat, it shares your initiative count, but it takes turn immediately after yours. The only action it takes on your turn is the dodge action, unless you use your bonus action to command it, similar to how you would use it for like zombies or anything else you'd command. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The wildfire spirit manifests for one hour until it's reduced to zero hit points or until you use your wild shape again. So if you summon it. And it's there for an hour until it goes away, um, or the re- the way you pretty much bring it back is by using your wild shape. Once you wild shape, turn into a bear or something, you can cast them again back again, which I think is pretty neat. I like Do that you they didn't Wild shape is just the
0: base druid thing.
1: Um, yes, I want to say I want to say yes. At first level, you can wild shape. Oh, okay. Um, because I don't see why not, but I think at yeah, well, that's wait, not the as
0: one an action, thing. you can expend one use... Oh, you expend one use of your wild-shaped feature.
1: Yeah, oh, there okay. it is. I forgot to read that part, but yeah, so...
0: Yeah, so you summon the uh, wildfire spirit rather than assuming a beast form. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, gotcha.
1: All right, at 6th level, Enhanced Bond. The bond with your wildfire spirit enhances your destructive and restorative spells. Whenever you cast a spell that deals fire damage or restores hit points while your wildfire spirit is summoned... Roll a d8, and you gain a bonus to one of the roll to one roll of the spell equal to the number rolled. In addition, when you cast a spell within range other than yourself, the spell can originate from you or your wildfire spirit. So, if you're casting a healing, sp- <laughs> I'm just imagining now your wildfire spirit going up to just the swirling vortex of fire going up to your friend casting <laughs> the healing touch spell, where it's like, oh, my fire's just gonna touch it for a second. I'm just my fire just gonna touch and it, and it's also gonna do a d8 of health on top of my normal spell so it's kind of like a familiar that's, that's really so cool. close
0: to like the dagger of healing
1: i know i my party uses that so much I, we'll,
0: we'll talk about that one time
1: <laughs> there is the 10th level circle of wildfire feature called flames of life you gain the ability to turn death into flames of vitality when a small or larger creature that you can see dies within 30 feet of you or your wildfire spirit, you can use a reaction to cause primal flames to spring from the body. We just saw this on Destiny. You using your explodey gun with mm-hmm. your explodey armor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when a creature you can see touches these flames, the creature regains hit points or takes fire damage equal to 2d10 plus your wisdom modifier. Love the it. flame vanish after a creature has touched them or after one minute. You can use this feature number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, and you regain all uses when you finish a long rest. That's pretty neat. Uh, okay. Because it's the destruction brings life. I guess it's because, <laughs>
0: like, I read through this too quickly, but, like, I want to make this <laughs> this druid right now. Like,
1: this whole entire UA, it just it gives me life because I want to build all three of these characters. Mm-hmm. And then at 14th level, you have Blazing Endurance. So the bond with your wildfire spirit is exceptionally strong. Even fatal blows only fuel your defiance. If you drop to zero hit points and you don't die outright, you drop to one instead and gain temporary hit points equal to five times your druid level. And each creature of your choice within 30 feet of you that you can see takes fire damage equal to 2d10 plus your druid level. So minimum 16 fire damage to each creature of your choice within 30 feet of you. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. That is really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Because um, right now, well, not right now, but a while back, we were actually playing with this Sorcerer UA, which was uh, Soul of the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they went to zero HP, they'd actually go to one HP. And everyone within like a 10-foot radius would be dealt... Uh, number of d6 fire damage around them because they would explode literally Mm -hmm. and then come back from the ashes but this is like a way cooler version of that (laughs) to be honest and if it's a 14th level thing i'm a little the only thing i'm a little tricked about is that it kind of has you up in the fray it looks like because if you drop to zero hit points you drop to one and so I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know if it
0: quite requires you to be up in the fray because what's the distance? On you said thirty feet.
1: Maybe it's mid range.
0: Like yeah, like this is. This so like sounds a, like a, so. So no joke. I I went to D D Beyond to see if the content was up because mm-hmm. I realized like listeners, you don't know who this is, but like I have a character named Allerith that was in the game with you. Oh, yeah. This is the perfect thing for the because I had him as a fire wizard, but this is like perfect for the idea he that I had heal for him
1: and do fire. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. No, that's totally and, because and it's I, the support evocation wizard. <laughs> yeah, and the fact
0: that like I almost get an extra life mm-hmm. that I get that I get to drop down below that, but I hit one. And get temporary hit points and then deal damage. This
1: is totally the perfect thing for Alarith. Yeah, yeah, this is totally yeah, this is exactly what it is. Because After throwing that many fireballs, evocation. you get
0: hit a lot, let me tell you. You, you, you become do. a big target. You
1: do. Because <laughs> bad guys, especially smart ones, are gonna go after this druid. But I mean, like, the primal spirit is gonna be there to help mm-hmm. keep enemies at bay. Um, and especially if you have like a tank up front too. Because, I
0: I love this. This yeah. is so cool.
1: Yeah, because this is really not I can't imagine you actually using your wild shape with this class. I imagine that you would be a full support spellcaster. Can
0: I be a a flaming wolf? (laughs) If I'm a flaming wolf, I mean, personally, I
1: would flavor text all the animals you turn into to be like bright red and shit like that, but it would just be super cool. I love it. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, Trevor, why don't you take it away?
0: So this is for the wizard. And uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. It's an onomancer. Onomancer. Onomancy. Onomancy. Uh, So, Onomancy, oh god, practitioners of magic well uh, well know the power of names. Uh, ah, God, I don't know why I can't read right now. Uh, But wizards who follow the traditions of onomancy use uh, their magic to manipulate the words that encompass existence. Onomancers uh, expand their study into language itself, searching for threads of magical significance that weave through names. Something that is named stands out in the multiverse, uh, distinct from the tapestry of creation all around it. So...
1: This is like an old myth concept. Uh, Not just myth, too. In a lot of different cultures, names have power. And I don't mean that in like, oh, like in a sense of like, well, you're sir, this, this, and this, you're loyal. It's like, no, it's like a metaphysical sense.
0: There's two books that... um, really popped into my head during this dresden files Mm -hmm. power of a name uh your true name and name of the wind yeah um i will say like there's a slight thing of name in the wind in here but uh name in the wind name of the wind uh (laughs) but it doesn't go like full on into that sort of magic system like i was like are you gonna do something like malfeasance in here because that's insane um so but yeah so basically the whole point of this is if you know a creature's true name, and there is some caveats to that. Um, let, 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 let me let me read this. A true name is the name by which a self-aware creature identifies itself. Mm-hmm. The name might be uh or the name might be the name a person was given at birth, or one a person chooses uh chose or earned later in life. Whatever a name's origin, the simplest way to know your true name is to think truthfully about yourself and then then think, my name is, mm-hmm. uh, your true name is how you finish that sentence. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, like, for example, one of my players in the game, she goes by a moniker Twyla. Mm-hmm. However, that's not her real name. Her real name is Vidanya. And it, so it's like...
0: Everyone knows now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so... She's been, at first half of the campaign, she was secret because she ran away from home. Mm-hmm. But now that she's kind of come out of hiding, it's kind of, the whole time, though, she's been, like, upfront, like, no, that is my name. That's the name I want to be popular among. That's the name I want people to know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, sure, she's Twilight of the group, but that's not her true name.
0: <laughs> I can't remember where it is in here, but there is something about, like, a for a creature to to, like, know its name, it has to have, like, a certain amount of like, intelligence or something like that.
1: Okay. Um, that's actually part of the exact name feature, I believe it is. Okay.
0: Well, um. uh, first, you get uh, bonus proficiencies at second level. Uh, so, you learn one language of your choice and gain proficiency with calligrapher's tools. Neat. <laughs> um, extract name. This is at second level. You can magically compel a creature to divulge its true name. As a bonus action, you target one creature you can see within 30, or sorry, 60 feet of you. The target must... Uh, Make a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC. On a successful save, uh, you discern that the magic has failed and you can't use this feature on that target again. Not you can't use it for another 24 hours or you can never use this spell on them again. Mm -hmm. On a failed save, the target is charmed by you until the end of your next turn and you mentally learn the charmed target's name or the fact that the target lacks a name. Yeah. This is the part that I love. You can't just, you can't DM hand wave this where it's like, oh, well, he told you this because that it's like, no, you mentally know it. You extract it from their brain.
1: You kind of reach into the weave and pull that little bit of information out that you can use and access. And I was wrong. It's actually under the true names, like power block that's in here. And it says, "Um, as a quick guide, a creature has a true name. If it understands at least one language or it has an alignment.
0: Oh okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So like, if it's like a straight up animal and it doesn't know a language, sure. But if it has an alignment, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So. Oh. Lastly, uh, part of this, you can use this feature a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier, and you regain all expended uses of it after you finish a long rest. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. I kind of wish that that was there. Because... Oh no, I
0: think I think that's fair. It's considering.
1: Like, I almost wish that it wasn't that the target gets charmed by you. I wish they would drop that and just take away the minimum. Because the fact of learning whose true names are what, it's like kind of the whole point. Like, you can't do half of this stuff in here if you don't know their true name.
0: I think the point of it, though, is that if, think of it this way. So, it specifically says that they mm-hmm. are charmed. Yeah. It is, it is a said thing. If you're charmed, when you're done being charmed, you know you were charmed. Yeah. So that this way there's no arguing around, oh, well, I got his name telepathically, so does he really know that I got it? So I think that's why that's there. And the intelligence modifier thing, I think that's okay because I don't think you should be doing this for everything you fight.
2: True.
0: And especially because a lot of a lot of the other stuff later on that we're going to get to can be used on your allies whose true names you do know. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of that, let's go that uh, which you also get at second level fateful naming. You can bend magic to assist or hinder creatures through the power of their true names and even use those names as an anchor to affect others around them. The Bane and Bless spells are wizard spells for you, yes. and you add them to your spell book. You always have them prepared, yet they do not count against your the number of spells you can prepare.
1: I'm so pumped about
2: that. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, you can cast either spell without expending a spell slot if you speak the true name of one target of the spell as part of its casting. You can cast the spell in uh, in this way a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier. You gain all expended uses after you finish the long rest. That is yeah. fan-freaking-tastic.
1: Without expending a spell slot. Yay! Like, <laughs> that's my favorite thing.
0: <laughs> I love the fact that I'm a wizard. The whole thing is about naming, but it's not just naming people of names that I hate. It's people that I trust. Mm-hmm. So I can bless people mm-hmm. through naming magic.
1: Oh, can you imagine like at first a group doesn't trust each other and then it's like well i'm trying to learn your true names and it's like well i don't want to give you my true name. there's power in a true name and it's like well and then they and they save and so it's like, well, mm-hmm. gosh, and now I can't help you. And then, like, they gain their trust later, and then they say, "Oh, this dramatic moment around the fire. My true name is this." And then there's this whole dun, moment. Dun, dun. And, <laughs> and now they can finally help them. And them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, cool! Not gonna fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be such a cool, like, just little moment. I love that.
0: <laughs> uh, so at sixth level, you get resonant utterance, which is a interesting two words there uh you learn uh words of power called resonance Mm -hmm. uh which allow you to tailor your spells through the use of a target's true name this is so cool
1: it's yeah it's something similar to how battle master like says oh you can choose a certain like battle master features Mm -hmm. like a, a certain ways and so it's like this is in the way like that
0: resonance known uh, when you gain this feature, you learn two resonance of your choice, which are detailed in the resonance options section. Each time you gain a, a level in this class, you can replace one resonant you know with a different one.
1: Praise be, because sometimes you like pick one you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to use this all the time, and then you don't use it yep. ever, and you're like, yep. ah.
0: Uh, using a resonant Uh, you can use one resonant when you cast a wizard spell uh, with the spell slot and you speak the true name of one creature targeted by the spell speaking the name is part of casting the spell Mm -hmm. Uh, you can use resonance a number of times equal to half of your wizard level rounded down and you regain all expended uses of it when you finish a long rest now here are the resonant options absorption uh when you cast the spell that deals uh when you cast a spell that deals damage to the named target you gain 3d6 temporary hit points so much the number of temporary hit points increases to one by 1d6 at 10th level to 46 and at 14th level to 5d6 Mm -hmm. Devastation. If the spell requires the named creature to make a saving throw, that creature has disadvantage on the saving throw against the spell.
1: That's harsh. (laughs) Disillusion.
0: The first time the named creature takes damage from the spell, that creature takes an extra 2d8 force damage. The extra force damage is increased by 1d8 at 10th level to 3d8 and 14th level to 4d8. Nullification. If If the named target is affected by any other spell, you can use uh those are and, oh, sorry under effects by any other spell you know that uh god i can't speak you, you know, know what those spells, spells yeah. are uh and you can attempt to end one of uh one of your choice by spending and by succeeding an intelligence check with DC. With a DC equal to 10 plus the level of the chosen spell.
1: Which is really, really, really I could not
0: freaking get through that paragraph. Uh, But yeah, that one is insane.
1: Basically, you learn if something is like being totally buffed by like a bunch of things. Because your DM is all like, I'm Mm going to buff my creature before you get in there. You're like, okay, well, he has mage armor. He has shield. He has all this. Okay, well, I'm going to end shield first. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now he automatically has five left AC for all your friends. And then I'm going to remove mage armor. And then your your DM is like, no.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, puppetry, the first time the named creature takes damage from the spell, you can knock the uh, creature prone and move it up to 10 feet either di- <laughs> uh, directly toward you or away from you. Mm-hmm. And th- so this is where the uh, name of the wind came in, Sympathy. Yeah. If the named creature is uh, within a range of the spell, you uh, can target the creature with the spell even if you can't see or, uh, or the creature has total cover against the spell
1: if you can call its name it can get hurt if you call its name it can be helped
0: this is this is kind of the Malphesians part of it where like you can just do something to them from afar for knowing mm-hmm. their name and i love this the fact that i could just cast firebolt and it just hits you. It doesn't care where you are.
1: Someone could cast darkness at sixth level and you could be like, oh, it doesn't matter. I know his name. Yeah, no, it's just like,
0: <laughs> all right, I'm gonna cast darkness on who? Asshole Jim. <laughs> Wait, yeah. his true name was Asshole Jim. Yeah, he didn't have a good outlook on himself. It was yeah. really sad.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um and uh so what is it? uh Inexor- exor-
1: inexorable pronouncement that one <laughs> you learn
0: two new resonance of your choice from your resonant utterance feature
1: mm-hmm. So uh, now you know four resonance that mm-hmm. you can choose
0: and then at 14th level uh or on uh, onomancy feature uh you will have learned how to bypass a named creature's defense against certain types of damage. Mm -hmm. When you cast a spell that deals uh, damage to a creature whose true name you speak as part of the casting of the spell, you can cause the spell to deal force or psychic damage to the creature instead of the spells, normal damage type. You want to cast a psychic fireball?
1: Yeah. I kind of touched on this earlier about how like things are really resistant to fireball, for example, for fire, for ice, for everything. Except psychic or force damage, a I lot would, of things are not resistant to those. Unless again, they're constructs. But if I
0: if I had a character who was this class and got to 4 fourth level, I would just be making mind freak jokes the whole time, the
1: entire time. Mind, mind freak. <laughs> like, oh I God. cast fireball. Mind freak. You could totally make uh, Mandark the the mind taker yeah, from yeah, Harvey Birdman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the crazy
0: thing though is that you can just do this. Yeah. It's not a per times per day.
1: No. Yeah. You have le- it's relentless naming. You can just. You have learned the creature's defenses. So, but you, the only thing is that you just have to know their true name mm-hmm. and that's it.
0: Now, now, let me tell you the crazy part about this. The reason why I love this wizard thing is because my first in- instinct was, this is my new villain.
2: Yeah. I no, want this to be a villain so
0: okay. bad.
1: So, like, one of the first things that I texted you was, I'm going to use the hell out of this in my fae yeah. campaign because... This is something straight out of like just anything Fey related, like in fairy or Fey rune. It's like not Fey rune, but like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So many people mm-hmm. <laughs> are gonna have be an automancer wizard because mm-hmm. it just makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And then the druid is just so cool. Yep. Like I'm so glad that this came out at this time for me particularly because they're about to go to the Wild. Yeah. And I now have really amazing villains and NPCs that can aid them. And this is in a way able for me and the players to see how these work out and play out. So I'm excited to use them.
0: I think we can both safely say we love this Unearthed Arcana. Unlike the last one, um, this one's fantastic and I I can't wait to use it. Yes. Uh, Real quick, I do want to say here at the end, please go do the surveys. I did that for the, uh, the the Paladin and the Bard. Uh, Mm -hmm. Before we did this episode And that's the best way for them to be able to learn Because they're probably not listening to this podcast And know what we think about it (laughs) So go send in those uh, surveys so that they can Mm -hmm. do that now, I'm going to transition really quickly because we are almost 50 minutes into this episode before hitting dungeon keeping. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so, dungeon keeping. Uh, we actually have some. It is Our next review episode is coming up. Yeah. Uh, this is the 18th episode, and episode 21, we're going to be doing a review. We are going to be straying away from our campaign streak that we've been doing, mm-hmm. uh, and we are going to be reviewing Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Yeah. So, if you have any questions about anything in Xanathar's Guide, or even have your own quick review or thoughts on that book, mm-hmm. please send them in to difficultyclass at gmail.com, and we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to it, which will be episode 21.
1: Oh my god, it's not going to be split into spoilers and non-spoilers.
0: It's not! That's good, yeah, yeah, no, that is going to be a really nice thing. <laughs> like you can that. You can just listen to this one. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Erin doesn't have to worry about me spoiling anything for her. This is great. <laughs> uh all right so 50 minutes in <laughs> topic number one character death
1: yes let's
0: let's bring it. down that mood let's do it yeah uh ally this is your topic take it away
1: <laughs> so okay um i wanted to kind of start this topic by asking and i already know the answer to this oh no have you ever had a player character death yes yes
0: <laughs> i've killed my wife twice yes <laughs>
1: And I've died in your game.
0: <laughs> okay, to be fair.
1: I know. That was on me.
2: But You
0: you did that. I know. And I I killed Kyle in the cutscene. But
2: <laughs> That's true. Yes,
0: the only two play the only two characters I have ever had actually die Yeah both belong to my wife. Yeah. If you didn't listen to Dungeon Driver before this, this has been a long running joke. <laughs> so
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So for me as well. I've had a couple of character deaths as well. And I wanted to use this because and talk about it with not just like, oh, how does it impact your game? But also what do you do with it in your game? Because I know, for example, in Critical Role, um, Matt Mercer actually has an entire system that he approaches when it comes to resurrecting characters Mm -hmm. as well on top of like the death itself. And so I was curious if you yourself have any kind of system or do you just allow the spells to do what they do like raw like as it is in the book
0: oh you mean like resurrecting and stuff yeah, like that because
1: in the end character death is what it is so that means it's the end of a character's story it's the end of like their time in the party mm-hmm. but really when it comes to character death especially in D D, the important bit is what happens directly after with the mm-hmm. party um so like before we get into like what happens <laughs> with character death and everything i wanted to like ask about the resurrection part first because i know a lot of people are in or like they've asked me about how I do mine, and I was wondering if you have a way that you do anything fancy with yours.
0: So, answering that one's kind of difficult because it actually has a lot to do with what happens after the death happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let, let me let me talk about that first. Yeah. So, when a, I have a character die, um, what I do, and yes, this has just been both for my wife, um, <laughs> I will ask the player, do you want your character to come back, mm-hmm. or is this the end of their story? Mm-hmm. And I, and I leave that very much up to the player um, because again, you know, we're gonna get into this into in the TPk section. For me, D and d is a collaborative storytelling thing. And yes. if you don't feel that your character story is done, there are plenty of things you can do to keep that story going.
1: Yeah. And a, a, f- a role that was just unlucky should not end a story that's been built up so much.
0: And th- and that's what happened with Tara in Tomb of Annihilation. Mm-hmm. She had a bad role for her hit points. Yeah. Um, And then literally if she had rolled one more, she wouldn't have died. Oof. And it, and, it, and it's not that she uh, did death saves. It wasn't like she outright
1: died. Yeah.
0: Um. So... Yeah, that, I'll do that. And then depending on where they are, what's going on with the story and everything like that is w- when I decide if resurrection will work. Because mm-hmm. in my head, death is a really fun way to do a side story.
1: Yeah, no, um, it totally is.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I, I think that doing a character death and having it mean something not just for the moment but for the next few sessions where everyone is working towards bringing Mm -hmm. that person back is a big deal and it it will get people to remember it. And it will let that death have more meaning than just a bad role. Yeah. But if they're not in a place or they're in a spot where the story doesn't work with that, then yeah, resurrection spell. Sure. Cool. Let's do it. Mm Um, And I might do something where it's like, okay, you need to go get this thing to do it. Um, because in my games, I don't really worry about components, but yeah, for a big spell like that, I'd probably be like, you need something to do it. Yeah. Um, but I might not do it as rules as written, depending on where they are. And be like, you need a diamond with 50,000 gold. It's like, <laughs> well, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere right now. So I guess you better get to like holding that dirt real tight. Um, so... It, yeah depending on where they are will dictate what it is or i might have a character uh show up at some point that can help them but has them go get something for them mm-hmm. um but yeah for the resurrection spell sure if that's the that, if that's the best way to do it sure
1: yeah so in my games it's almost very similar to that where um for the spell that brings them back within a minute um i use the concept of how their spirit is still tethered to the physical plane mm-hmm. that they can easily bring him back. Yeah. So there's no real requirement beyond the spell for that to happen. Plus it's like a fifth level spell mm-hmm. and it's like, it eats up a big spell slot that would rather be used for something else. And so my clerics always have that prepared because they're like, Oh God, what else? <laughs> I'll,
0: I will tell you this. Uh, there is a part of water deep dragon heist that does not expect your players to have that spell.
1: Yeah. I already know that.
0: <laughs> and... Granted they
1: shouldn't though, right? No,
0: they shouldn't. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But it didn't really end up hurting that bad. It's actually yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but when it comes to someone who's been dead for like longer than even a day, um, I approach that in a way that's very much similar to what you were saying about how like you make a side story out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, one of my characters, Saphir, his wife was terribly murdered. Like way back will go in his it's during his backstory,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, Saphir wasn't there to really help her that much, and so he's like, okay, I want to bring her back because his daughter is finally safe. And so, the way I kind of have it established in my canon, so to speak, of Feyreun, is that you have to go to a divination wizard and figure out and do this ritual to figure out what you need to do to bring him back, because the component for that spell which is it's like usually it is like some crazy like diamond that you have to find Mm -hmm. it's like a ten thousand dollar gold worth diamond or something yeah
0: i'm gonna bring it up right now yeah thank
1: you um instead of that component it's actually the component the component itself is something that you're willing to risk your own life to find
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so it's like it's almost a trade where it's like you don't necessarily have to trade your life because this is a good spell in the end um but you have to be willing to. And so you go to a divination wizard to find out what that component is. And in my game, Sophia already did that and it was a riddle. And he's like, well, this doesn't help me. And even the divination wizard was like, yeah, usually like gives me a map. <clears throat> <laughs> but that's because it's like, you know, plot secrets and fun stuff like that. Um, but I like to present it in a way because that way it gives it more of a, a story aspect, as mm-hmm. opposed to just like, well, we want to bring back this guy that's been dead for twenty years. So, so,
0: so resurrection, the mm-hmm. seventh level necromancy spell, is a diamond worth at least a thousand gold pieces. Yeah, which the spell consumes, and then true resurrection is a sp- uh, sprinkle of holy water and a diamond worth at least twenty five thousand gold there pieces. It is.
1: Yes, Because <laughs> I think the first one, it's like within 10 days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and
0: then true uh, resurrection is 200 years.
1: Yeah. So right now, it's pretty much true resurrection is what I have mm-hmm. that caveat going for. And I really like the concept of having that extra side quest about it. Because if one of the players died, I do the exact same thing. I actually did the exact same thing. Because poor poor Ben and his character, they were fighting a very big villain. And he used Thunderstep right next to the wizard, who was already down on his last two death saves. Oh. And his lifeless body just kind of limped over and rolled. And I'm like, oh, no. little Kevin. (laughs) And everyone was like, Kevin, no. And so I actually asked Ben later. I'm all like, hey, man, do you... How does Kevin feel? Does he want to come back? He's all like, "Uh, yes. (laughs) And so um, that's very crucial is the consent part, too. Yeah. Because if the spirit doesn't want to come back, then it's just a dead body. Yeah. And when you do the divination spell to find out that'll tell you then too, because you're not going to be going through all this bullshit only to find out the spell doesn't work, Mm -hmm. which is again, it's a good, it's an inherently good spell personally. I believe that. And so I believe like it it kind of deserves its own little, it's like quest Mm -hmm. for the Holy grail.
0: I I do think though, that like resurrection is a fun spell to mess with. Yeah. Um, Chris Perkins in uh, one of the packs episodes. I'm not going to spoil who died. Cause you should go listen to it. Cause it's probably one of the funniest damn moments in <laughs> all of D and D podcasts. Uh, but uh, somebody in Act Inc. died and they started off the session with uh, going to resurrect them. And uh, the clerics that they hired were like, "Um, yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> and They're like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I, I think somebody got to his soul already. <laughs> and i love that concept yeah. um and when i was when i was filling in the time between where my fourth edition game stopped and where we picked up mm-hmm. you're there for that um i bela died yeah. in in the 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 storyline and the reason why she died was because i wanted to have her storyline tied up a little bit because in her storyline, as a kid, she was almost sacrificed to Orcus.
2: Oh yeah, that's why
0: she lost her eye. Yeah, she lost it during the the sacrifice, and so when she died, the Orcus cultists got got her soul because they were like, "No, she's ours." Yeah, and so uh Tars' character had to go into the abyss and get her,
1: which is so cool. Yeah. Uh, like- that's also just another really, really, really neat way to tie into other campaigns. Like, mm-hmm. for example, Descent into Avernus. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to go down in there because you're in debt to something. You yeah. could go down there because your friend's down there. Mm-hmm. And you need to find them.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, shoot. I just had something in my head, and now it's gone. I don't know what it was. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, doing oh, – oh, it was uh, Ike's game. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact. I'm going to give a little PSA here. <laughs> If you don't want something to happen, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> don't
0: even give it a 5% chance.
1: That's our new thing at the table. That's our, I want that on
0: a shirt. <laughs> 5% um, chance. Granted, I say this, but it probably ended up to some of the best table time we had in mm-hmm. Pathfinder. Um, There's a hole in the ground that could move. And apparently when you fell in it, it sent you to different planes of existence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you were in that hole while it died... There was a 5% chance you were stuck <laughs> where you were. And that happened to Wiz's character. Yeah. And all of us were just kind of sitting there, dumbstruck. Just like, she's gone? And like, Wiz was like, what do you mean she's gone? Yeah. And I and I straight was like, all right, game pause. And I looked at Ike. I went, you did not prepare for this to happen you? He's like, no. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go get her.
1: Yeah, all of us were like collectively... Okay, world saving on pause. We need to get her back.
0: Yeah, I was like, are we currently on a ticking time bomb? No, we're not. Look at that. It's save our friend a clock. Yeah. Um, and God, what was it? Like three sessions?
1: Yeah, it was like three or four sessions. But
0: like it didn't, it wasn't just going to save her. Like he ended up bringing in, long story, my character is possessing one of my other character's bodies. Um, <laughs> we ended up finding that character's soul and then, like, put that to rest also. And yeah. so, like, that thing that should have actually just been her dying, we ended up having this awesome three sessions of world building and mm-hmm. character development. And so, something catastrophic like that or a character death can end up being really good for the yeah. story it's, and for the players.
1: It's definitely one of the <laughs> best catalysts for a heartfelt character moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because player char- like players don't realize how much they're attached to these characters until that happens really mm-hmm. that's happened a lot to me where it's like if they're on their second death save and they're like looking at me like oh god don't don't let me do yep. this and I'm all like I'm trying not to <laughs> and,
0: but like and the other side of that coin though is like later into the game when stuff does become easier to do like right now in Pathfinder we die a lot and we just come back.
1: But we get better. We
0: get better. And that's <laughs> yeah. because we have a bunch of spells we and we might have stuff a like
1: negative level or two, but those can also be removed. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it doesn't really affect us that much. However, mm-hmm. I did have a realization the other day, if my character dies because he's possessing the other spirit, like the way his rules work is when that dies, he leaves the plane. Yeah, he's he's dead. dead. So like I'm like, I'm probably the only character that's like when he's dead He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna be interesting, and and who knows what could happen with that? Like mm-hmm. I could do something really cool with that because it would mean I'm dead, dead. Oh yeah. Um. So I think we're and this is gonna be very counteractive to what we're talking about in a little bit. <laughs> Funny <but> enough, <laughs> I feel like one character on their own dying mm-hmm. is not the end of the world, but it is a great time for. Story development and stuff like that, like yeah. progressing, a not just the main plot, but subplots and, and stuff like that.
1: We're not talking about shock factor that we're not talking about like just killing someone off for the sake of oh, no, off. no,
0: okay, okay, I guess that should be another part yeah. of this we talk about. So, like,
1: because that's what I was going to ask about next, like when someone does look at you on their second failed death save and you can tell they're like, I don't want this character to die, yeah, like. How do you approach that?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, the, well, that's the that's where this one is for me. Where yeah. it is not, it's the I uh fireball hit you, you had z- very low hit points, and it took you to instant death, mm-hmm. like you are just dead, dead. Yeah, um, and the, those times with the death saves, it's those, but then there's the other times where I hope that's this isn't happening where DMs just outright kill a player for something. Now, granted I say that, but I did outright kill Kyle and <laughs> yeah. that was for a bit of shock value and stuff like that. But I did that fully knowing what I was going to do with his character afterwards. I knew that that was not the end of his story. And I knew what I was going to give him the options of doing.
1: You had a plan for post death. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it so w- In a way it wasn't really death in the way that it, the definition of it It huh? was a
0: new storyline. Yeah. Um, and granted, probably should have done shouldn't have done it the way i did i probably should have like talked to him about it beforehand but i knew but kyle even told me later he's like that was pretty cool yeah he was like, ah, that, you that know
1: was... kyle well enough that you're like yeah
0: i mean i've known yeah. kyle for 20 years like yeah. he he later <laughs> came to me it was just like i'm gonna be honest that was really cool i tell people about that a lot yeah. <laughs> um so yeah you know read the table um
2: <laughs> imagine that
0: so but yeah, if you have a DM that just kind of outright kills your character, and then they're like, "Oh, well, they're dead, dead." Well, oh, I'm gonna do a resurrection spell. Oh, well, you got to do all this, to do it. It's just like, well, then that's just not fun. Yeah. Um. I I don't think you should go into anything knowing you're gonna outright kill a player, especially in a game where it's all about story <sighs> yeah. and stuff like that. And I understand we play. Everybody plays d d for different reasons, but. I don't feel like that is a. No one came to the table that night being like, "Oh man, well if my character dies tonight, that's gonna be cool."
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No. And, that's and, not
0: it's, a... and especially if it's in one if if it feels like you're playing Dark Souls. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. And I mean,
0: and that skeleton just came around a corner and drop kicked you off the ledge into the dark abyss, like.
1: And you just want to rage quit because you had like ten thousand souls saved up, and you're like, well. F-
0: Fun. <laughs> yeah so that no that's not fun
1: yeah i mean that, that's exactly it like even though the death of a player character can be a great catalyst for story that doesn't necessarily mean that you should plan no. for a death of no. a character like
0: i did i did that planned death with kyle in curse of strahd which is already a dark gothic game fully knowing what was going to happen to his character fully knowing that he was going to come back
2: mm-hmm.
0: and But, like, yeah, if you're just doing it to do it, don't do
2: that. Yeah.
1: Don't do that. Especially if you don't have a backup plan for your characters. Yeah. Because, like, if they're in a certain situation, like, if they're in a dungeon, and if they're in room Z3 Mm -hmm. of this dungeon in the campaign, and there's no reason or rhyme why anyone else would be in that dungeon, that player Mm -hmm. is going to sit there. Yeah. And realize... What do I have to do? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because unless they for some reason brought another character, or for some reason you planned a death and you had a way in for a new character, which um the the
0: the way that I the way that I see that is like imagine you're with someone and your co-authors for a book. Yeah. And you're going back and forth between writing chapters. Yeah. And then you get the chapter that your co author wrote, and they killed off your main character for your <laughs> chapters in their chapter
1: that's exactly what it is and it's
0: like what the fuck
1: is this it's like oh well you know yeah it, it, it was I like it would be cool it was like terry
0: pratchett got his copy of uh, good omens from uh, neil gaiman and xerophel's uh, dead and it's like <laughs> what, what the fuck is this but, hang on. <laughs> um so yeah, I, yeah that's that i mean again i know we Everybody plays D D differently and you could be listening to this right now and be like, oh you're so wrong. I know all this but okay. You know what one? Send that in difficultyclass at gmail.com. Maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah. Maybe I'll ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. I'll read it. No, um, yeah, we we do read them. Uh America. but yeah, I don't in my in our opinion, that's the thing you gotta remember. This is our opinion. You shouldn't do that and you should look at character death in a more I'm trying to think of the right words for this. Like you should, you should look at it as not being just cut off dead. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of your story. You should look at it as what kind of story can we tell now? Yeah. But remember that you ask the, that. That's why I say ask the player, is this where you want your character story to end? Or do you want to keep it going? Yeah. I think that's the easiest one. It's not that hard to do. It and it's not ruining anything. Cause this is the world of fucking dragons, magic and fairies and gods <laughs> and all that other stuff.
1: Yeah, if there's dragons in it, anything, anything's possible. Yeah, man.
0: Um, fucking Dragonheart. He just lifts up that scale, and then yeah. he's he's alive again. <laughs> those
1: things should physically not be able to fly, and yet they do. Yeah, it's, true. it's a magical world. Though,
0: if you want to... This is a quick aside. If you actually want to read the physics on that, you should pick up A Natural History of Dragons by Marie Brennan. Oh, yeah. Tara has it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. fascinating. <laughs> uh, anywho. Um,
1: one, one quick thing that okay. I, I pretty much know the answer you're going to say. So, a player does come with five other character oh. sheets. And they tell you either before or during the session, can you kill off my character so I can play a new one? What do you say?
0: Um, <laughs> oh,
1: boy. Because for me, that answer, the, the, the answer I immediately give is not really an answer. It's a question. It's why. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess
0: that would be mine too. It's just like, are you not... Interested with the character that you mm-hmm. made? Is there something about their story that's not working?
2: Yeah. Uh, and like
0: I'm not I'm not asking story wise like my ways. It's just like, are, are you not interested in your character story yeah. and stuff like that? And also, I would be like, what makes you think they deserve to die?
1: Exactly because I've had players come up to me and they're like, oh yeah, I kind of want to kill off this guy, and I'm all like, why would why would they do that? Because that makes no sense for their character as themselves. It would yeah. be out of character, so to speak. And on top of that. There are ways well, other than death to bring in new characters. Well, also, like, imagine
0: <laughs> imagine our Pathfinder group. If somebody, like, went to Ike and was like, I want you to kill my character this session, and then they died. Like, just what happened with Wiz's character would be like, well, we're going to go fucking get him.
1: Yeah. Like, that but- alters, especially if you're of the group that likes to build up that role play. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have done any roleplay at all, and you have established a bond between characters... That's going to be kind of almost a staggering hit to the Mm -hmm. other players, too. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if you say, oh, yeah, these characters are best friends, but then you just want to play a different character because you're kind of bored with it. What about the other player? Yeah. That's probably going to heck up, like, what they had in mind for their stuff. And so it's like, I feel like, again, that one's a good one to kind of address not just the DM, but also. Well,
0: here's the other thing for me. Like, uh, if it's early on into a game, like, you're maybe level three or something. But I'm like, just change your character. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, 100%. Like, yeah, I'm like, we're not gonna sit here and talk about you know MCU canon and crap like that. Like, <laughs> just change your character and just say it was you the yeah. whole time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if if we're like, if tonight, Kyle, uh, my other friend Kyle came to me and was like, oh, I want uh, to kill off Uthal and have a new character. I'd be like, what? Why? We've been playing <laughs> this character for a year, dude. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's a different one. I don't know what I would exactly do in that situation. Yeah. Um. But,
1: all I, yeah, all I gotta say is that if you're a player and you wanna change characters, just talk to your DM before approaching that concept of killing off my character. Well, yeah, because, no, th-
0: well that that's what I did with yeah. with Alarith. Mm-hmm. I I told Ike that I'm like, hey, real talk, I'm not having fun being a wizard. Mm-hmm. Like we've hit uh, what was it, 14th level, and I'm like, I've looked ahead, and all that is gonna happen is fireball is gonna get better. Yeah. And, and
1: he knew that. <laughs> yeah. And
0: not only that, but like everything we have been fun. has been like, oh, fuck, Fireball. I don't give a shit. So it's like, I don't really feel like my character is doing anything and I'm kind of losing the purpose of him. Yeah. And that's why, that's when we came up with this concept of what's happening now, um, where Alarith didn't die. Mm-hmm. And it's a long story. I'll tell another time. But it is, um, it didn't involve me dying and it just was an instant switch. And it was because I talked to my gm had a conversation and we brainstormed something and something came out of it that has been great and i've been in love with
1: all because i decided to talk to him happened in my game taylor who i've mentioned now several times in this episode um she is a theater kid Mm -hmm. she loves singing she loves everything about just drama and everything Mm -hmm. like that she was playing a character that like epitomized wednesday adams <laughs> it, she was almost deadpan and she didn't care much about anything She's she was the one that was, pointed
0: a crossbow at my uh, yeah. dragonborn oh yeah, yeah yeah and she
1: was a ranger and she hit really hard and she had wing boots winged to flying and everything mm-hmm. like that but she was just so bored and she told me like "Allie, i feel like almost restricted by how i set up this character that i can't do anything with it roleplay wise and i'm like you know what that's fair let's bring in someone else um because and now she's playing a bard mm-hmm. who is like literally. She just got a feature when she leveled up that made her like the most beautiful thing ever. <laughs> it's a bard feature. <laughs> and she's the like, most beautiful man she the went from like being a nine to a freaking 12. Yeah. And <laughs> she's like owning it and that's she's awesome. like playing music and she loves it. And, and
0: it's all because she talked to you.
1: And in the end, that's what matters is that you not just your party but like each player is having Mm. fun and if they truly believe that they can't have fun with this character that they're playing death shouldn't be the first answer yeah because more often than not that will throw off everyone's idea of what's happening with the story because it is a co-written adventure Mm -hmm. between the dm and all the players and if one of the players decides to fuck off one of the characters that throws off everyone's idea of what they were planning so read the table uh, well, speaking
0: of people being dead, uh-huh. Strahd's dead in our DM's Guild Spotlight.
1: <gasps> yeah. <laughs> that was a fun segue.
0: Uh, <laughs> so this week's DM's Guild Spotlight is Weekend at Strahd's. And if you don't know what that is just from the title, <laughs> go watch Weekend at Bernie's for the love of God right now. It is it's such probably a good movie. extremely inappropriate for this day and age, but fuck it. Watch it anyways. So. This is written by Anthony Joyce and Oliver Cle- mm-hmm. Clegg. Cle- Clegg, I don't know how to pronounce your name, Oliver. You, I don't even know if you're listening. Um, and so this got announced months ago, and I remember like somebody retweeted. It. I saw it my watch. I'm like, excuse me. And I was pissed that it wasn't out that moment. And I've been excited for it ever since. And I bought it the instant it went live. <laughs> like, this isn't a, like, oh, you know, like, mm-hmm. this is... A- no, like, I've been pumped for this thing. I've even been like, we're going to spotlight this as soon as it's out. Oh, yeah. And it is just as good as I thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, This thing is ridiculous. Uh, So, it, it the premise is, you've killed Strahd. Congrats. Good job. <laughs> uh, However uh you in order to actually dispose of the body you have to get certain things from the castle, but everything's still alive in there and will try to murder you as soon as they see that you've killed Strahd. So you have to walk Strahd's body around like he's not dead and get these things in order to actually properly kill Strahd. Oh my god. And every room is themed to a different 80s movie. Beautiful. There is a suggested soundtrack that you play for each room. Oh my god. Uh, there's a Goonies room. <laughs> There like it there's a ghostbusters room which oh my god i flipped that it literally said, just play the theme to ghostbusters <laughs> oh yeah i that i'm, I'm already happy because we're doing 80s movies but you bring in ghostbusters i'm over the moon yeah i'm no, over this, the freaking moon
1: 100 a great thing to play for halloween especially oh if your players have already run through strahd i don't <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean separate. like you wouldn't play don't, the same characters don't end strahd with this yeah, that no. is a
0: very hard tone shift
1: yeah no this is more like you guys already experienced strahd let's have a fun time with it now let's yeah. Build new characters.
0: (laughs) Uh, So it says on here that uh, experience this totally wicked two-hour adventure for three to six players, levels five uh, five to Mm ten. And that's great. I love it. Two-hour adventure real quick. And it's, what is it,
1: $5.95? Yeah. And I've already seen some reviews saying like, because it appears that it runs very, very smoothly. And even it does people that are new to DMing and who are experienced. They're like, Oh yeah, no, this ran smoothly. It was a one shot truly in its name. Mm-hmm. It wasn't need, need to be broken up into several different nights. Yeah. It was really well-written that I've seen so far. And I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly going to be running it for Halloween. I, it I would so fun. <laughs> I would
0: kind of love to run this with y'all that played curse of Strahd. Like, that'd I think be so that'd be cool. so funny. Um, so, yeah, I highly suggest this. Like I said, I bought it the instant it was out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's $5.95 for two hours of fun. <laughs> I cannot suggest this enough. So uh Yeah, it's on DMs Guild, Weekend at Strahd's, written by Anthony Joyce and Oliver Clegg. So go check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now getting back into the, uh, the, the sad cast. uh yeah. TPKs. TPK. TPKs. Yep. If you are unfamiliar, TPK stands for Total Party Kill. Yes. So, this is like you're in the tomb of annihilation, and a, a ball of annihilation just walks through and just kills every one of your players <laughs> all at once. Yeah. Or yeah, I I I almost went really spoilery on that one because there's a room in there that I'm like, how do you how does there not a TPK in this room? Yeah. Um.
1: I mean, sp- like we kind of talked about this before. That it's going to be important to define the. Different types of TPKs mm-hmm. and their origins in a way, because there's like that kind where mm-hmm. it's literally out of nowhere and it was just the dungeon out to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like world ending events yeah. that are TPKs. Or
0: your players attack a lich.
1: <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, they decided um, to peek in her head and she didn't like that. And so she decided to attack them all. And yeah. yeah.
0: So. This this topic <laughs> got brought up by a, a, a Twitter post uh, that I saw that was just basically like, how do you feel about TPKs? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't know, it was like Thursday morning or something. I'm half awake, and I just responded to it. I was just like, if uh, I'm playing a video game-style dungeon crawl game and all my players are okay with it, cool, yeah, whatever, TPK, fine. Yep. Uh, that's how it ends. If I'm trying to tell a, an actual good story, no, no. Yeah. I don't like them. And man, did I get some hate for that? <laughs> Holy crap.
2: Yeah. Like
0: I, I, <laughs> this reminded me of the time I posted on, um, uh, the D and D next subreddit. I was like, Oh yeah. shifting's fine. Like I've used it before in fifth edition, <laughs> you know, whatever. And got like uh, 120 down votes. And I'm yeah, like,
1: like, how Jesus dare you have Christ? that? Opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And granted, I probably could have worded the, 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 Twitter response a little bit better but like at the moment that's how I felt about it where it's mm-hmm. like yeah if I'm doing a video game style dungeon crawl where we're just there to play a, a mechanical combat game yeah sure whatever TBK fine cool whatever um but yeah and and like I had people responding with stuff just like if you want to oh uh, god what was one like if you want to tell a good story open up word and I'm like okay let, 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 let let's let's back up here so <laughs> What I really tried to clarify on there, and because I, I, you know, talk to people, and it was, it was what you were talking about. It's like, what caused this TPK? Yeah, and yeah, because in my head, like, if you're in a dungeon, the entire party gets killed, and there's no one there to resurrect them. There's no one there to drag their bodies out or anything like that. They're dead. They're gone. This, their story is over. Yeah. And without like, uh, okay. And, and then there's the other ones where it's just like, you know, they made a bad decision or the world and, or something like that, where it, it
1: or even, I mean, plot device. I hate to use it, say that. Well, but like, uh, yeah, we'll, that's even part of this discussion. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get
0: into that one. But then there's the other one where just, there's bad roles. People have bad roles. Yeah. Sometimes whole groups have bad roles. It could uh, be a bad night. <laughs> yeah. And the bad guy, had some good rolls and cast a spell and everyone goes down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now that one, you know, they're unconscious. When you get dropped to zero, you're you're considered unconscious. You are not insta dead unless something caused you to under the insta dead you know criteria. But when this happens, you know, it can end up being the end of the story, which sucks. Yeah. Um. Where. You all again are collaboratively building a story, and now all of those stories are over except for the one the DM was telling. Because you know, oh, for you know, when you look at the DM side, oh, they didn't make new characters and keep my story going, but it's like, but all of their stories are done, yeah. And I and I know that they're like. There are some ways to circumvent this where you're just like, oh, someone came in and found you and pulled your bodies out or, you know, something happened like that.
1: It's like, think about it when you're playing and running into a dungeon as a player. You see a bunch of dead bodies on the floor. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Do you overstep them? Do you look for, do you loot them? Or do you completely ignore them? Do you see how they died and carry on carefully? Like,
0: well, to be fair, I, I think in those situations, they're considered unconscious. Mm-hmm. um and i mean there's other ones where it's like they get knocked unconscious and the the enemies take them prisoner or something yeah. like that but it's uh like when i think really though when we're talking about this it is they are dead they're gone
1: yeah that's, um, that's what
0: and i and i think yeah. that's the distinction we need to make here is that this isn't just they get knocked out and then saved later or something like that this is they are dead and gone
1: yeah
0: and personally I don't ever want that to happen.
1: Oh, God, no. No, I don't either. Um, You were talking about, like, writing the story in that. Our friend actually just said a really, really neat quote, and I actually wrote it down. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it was Valerie, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, uh, Vivian. Vivian. God, yeah. why did I say Valerie? <laughs> I know why, but, yeah, yeah. it was Valerie. Okay. Right. So- oh, my
0: God. <laughs> it's
1: Viv. Yeah. Thank you, Vivian. Okay, so um, she said it, TVKs are jarring because – we're all writing this story together both players and the dm tpks remove the player's consent in writing the story and you take the power away from them
0: yeah yeah
1: and that's truly what happens and why i also agree with you in that and how it i don't like throwing in i don't like it when tpks happen personally i don't want to ever purposely have that happen Mm -hmm. like (laughs) to be honest If a TPK does happen, I would approach my players and be like, okay, guys, listen, do we want to retcon this? Do we just want to restart this? Because at this point, and and I'm pretty sure at this point, because we're like level 14, they probably will say, yeah, Mm -hmm. because we're in the middle of a story. It'd be like watching a TV show. Like you're watching X-Files at 3 a.m. And and Mulder and
0: Scully are just fucking dead. (laughs)
1: And they just, it's not even that. It's the... The channel decided, nope, you're done. Oh, here's,
0: so Firefly. <laughs>
1: here's here's uh, in the middle of them investigating some man in a sewer. You just now get infomercials in the middle of the episode. And you never get to see what happens to that man in the sewer or that genie. And it's like, you you, you don't know. was <laughs> <There's> a genie. <laughs> yeah, no, there's lots of episodes. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you're, you're cutting off a show mid-season. Yeah. You're abruptly ending it. Yeah. And so personally, if... <laughs> thankfully i say the word thankfully because i mean it i've never had to experience a TPK is either a player or a dm and i know without a doubt if that did happen to me if it wasn't again and i use this word this phrase loosely a Mm -hmm. plot device that i would straight up ask my players would you guys want to redo Mm -hmm. and if they said no i'll have to be like all right guys Give me a week and I'll figure out what to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. like I I will say this, like, as much as I'm sitting here and being like, I never want one to happen. I don't like it. I'm not saying that I, it wouldn't ever happen and that I couldn't do something about it. Mm -hmm. But that's me though. I'm not saying that it's going to be the end. Yeah. And, but I know that for a lot of people, maybe even some people that are listening to this, they're like, no TPKs. That's it. Like they failed. They're done.
1: Cause I mean, like in a weird, weird way, falling back to the basics of it, this is a game in a weird way. That is the one way to lose D and D. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I can't think of any other way for you to lose D and D aside from just everyone hating each other and infighting. Yeah. Just being a jerk. (laughs) But that in itself is an end to the story as well. Yeah. Um, but TPKs is like the one way to lose DD. And no one wins in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Not even the D. Not even the DM. Whoever whatever DM says that they won DMD by TPKing their entire party didn't win.
0: So <laughs> I'm i am I'ma be real with you listeners. If anyone, anyone of you, anyone I ever meet tells me that they won because they TPKed their party, <sighs> I'm going to pretty much say, I greatly disagree with you and walk away from you (laughs) and I will not acknowledge you again for a while because that to me is not having fun yeah and at the end of the day for me and my party this can be different for you this can be different for your party we come to the table to have fun Mm -hmm. and when that happens well let me back this up a little bit I have had a tpk happen oh uh on the uh ill-fated uh, uh adventure series 2 <laughs> because of audio problems again Dallas mostly me not you don't worry about it buddy um they all died uh the the lich dude cast Kona cold oh, and they all dropped
1: that would do that
0: now the thing was though is that i had already had it set up where there was a device a writing device in the story that Uh, went off and brought them back and it wasn't to do that to be a TP to to resolve a TPK. It was supposed to give them a second win during the combat. We just hadn't reached that point yet. Yeah. So then I just had the thing happen and they all got back up, but that said it didn't feel good either way. It didn't feel good when it happened and it didn't feel good when I brought them back. Yeah. Because it was, because uh, like, because I, were, I mean, it felt it was a little okay. Because I'm like, well, I already had that written there. I didn't just Deus Ex Machina that. I had left hints about that the entire game. Yeah. Um, but it was still just like it just didn't feel good all around. They seemed, you know, fun. they loved how they got brought back. Like they mm-hmm. were cheering, which is cool. But
1: oh yeah, I remember you were telling me about that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the but I know that they're. I, I, before the audio problems happened, like I was thinking about that episode and just being like, I'm gonna get some hate for this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's gonna be some DMs that hear this and just be like, well, no, you failed as a DM. Like, you just Deus Ex mocking to them coming back. And it's like, well, no, I didn't really. But I understand where they're coming from, it' it's like they died, they failed, and then you just brought them back. There's no repercussions for it.
2: Yeah.
0: I get that. And I understand that in a TBK, that like, Unless, you know, you set out to do it, which please don't. Um, If it just happens, Mm. that is a shitty situation. And I don't quite know what to tell you to make it better other than running. Uh, It's like, all right, now this adventure is you're all in an Avernus and it's time to get out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, again, I, I can have ways to do it. But if we're just talking about the you're dead, you're gone, that's it. No, nah, I don't like that. I like when I'm doing these games with my players. I'm listening to what they have in their backstory. I'm listening mm-hmm. to what they want to do as characters, and I'm then tying that into this story so that we can all tell this really neat thing. And everybody can have their moments. They can have their good, their bad, their in between. But just you're dead. You're gone. You're buried in a dungeon and no one's going to ever know what happened to you. Yeah. That doesn't feel good.
1: No, it, um, personally, same here. I, I would hate to be on that aspect because I would feel lost as a player. I'd be like, well, are we playing a new campaign? Now? Yeah.
0: I was like, uh, are you really that excited for that new campaign? I guess <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just wanted in this
1: one. I, I will say like in those events of like keeping that from happening, especially if you're like us mm-hmm. where it's like, you don't actually want a TPK to happen. I will remind you that's what the beauty of the DM screen is for. Um, if you get a sense that something bad is happening, you can fudge numbers from a fight. I. I even, like, ha- I even
0: have I even have trouble w- w- saying that because like, well, one when the ha- TPK happened in the adventure series, I didn't notice yeah. that they were that low, and it just and I gave them a number and they went, oh, we're all down. Yeah. And so, like, it wasn't even one that I could have fudged on it. But at the same time, if that happens, I don't think that...
1: Like, you shouldn't do it, like, after the fact, immediately be all like, oh, roll down. Oh, well, then actually it only did this. It's like, you should yeah, not no, do no, that Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Like... Uh, that's kind of my point. Like it's a lot harder to do at lower levels. I'll, I'll grant you because oh, yeah. like, they only have 12 health and you're like, well, I only did three hits. Oh, I only did three hits. So yeah. that's enough to kill them. Yeah. But like when they are higher levels, like at, at, even at sixth or eighth or, you know, for me, 14th, you can notice when someone is down. Cause they're all like, guys, I'm only at 25 health. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and because these people usually have like hundred and something health. And so it's like, you can tell, when to like, and also, and we're gonna to get to this later. Describing things in combat helps you be more aware of that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but we'll we'll get I, into that in a question later. <laughs>
0: I, I do think though that you brought up something that's interesting that I want to kind of add on to because I just had this realization. I honestly think that if I had a moment, let's say, let's say it's the end of the rise of Tiamat. Mm-hmm. You guys were at Tiamat. And let's say she used all five breath weapon. You guys were just standing in the worst <laughs> grouping you could have imagined. And you all went down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Really, I think the best thing to do in that situation would be, all right, so we're going to end it for tonight. We're going to come back next week and do it again. However, it will not be the same encounter. Oh, yeah. I think that w- I think that's probably the best way to solve this problem. Yeah. Where it's you let them do a redo. But you do it with a twist.
1: That's... I kind of omitted that part when I was talking about it earlier, but that's what... Like, from for me personally, that's what I would do. Yeah. Like, if, God forbid, my 14th level party just TPK'd out yeah. of some poor luck and I didn't pick up on it earlier, I would offer, yeah. like, we could redo this, but it wouldn't be the same.
0: Yeah. And I think that is a nice median ground to the dead, you're gone, you're buried, uh, and deus ex machina happen. Because... Mm-hmm. You can argue with me all day that it's still, you know, they fail, like, whatever. But it's like, well, no, if they fail again, then we're going to have to try it again. This is going to be, like, I, it would. I, I know I said the thing about video games with Dungeon Crawl, but, like, this would be, like, the video game part of it where
1: Checkpoint. you, you, you know go you're going
0: to beat this game. You know you're going to beat Dark Souls, but it might take you quite a few times to fight that Soul Ascender. <laughs> and you know what, though? If you're all down for it, we're going to do it as many times as you guys need.
1: Because that would also satisfy the people that do see D&D as a dungeon crawler, period. Mm-hmm. People who do see it as a fun board game that you play with your friends. Because then that would sate both the want of just fighting yeah. and also strategy. Because then you could try out several different things. Well, like,
0: I remember reading a long time ago um, a plan for a D&D game that was more like Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Where there were areas that were too dangerous for you to go into. Mm-hmm. And someone brought up uh well what if you have a party that's just too cocky and they just go in there and they don't pay attention to the signs or anything. It's like, oh well, there's a mechanic where they die and then they come back to and have to do it again, just like Zelda. Huh. And I'm like, Oh, and then I thought about it, I went, wait, no one is gonna sit there in a DD game and be like, Oh man, we just did sixteen hours worth of dungeon crawling huh. and we died and all right, we'll just do it again. No one wants to do that. No one wants yeah. to be like, all right, we're going to start the campaign over.
1: Not to mention, I do know people who would actually take advantage of that concept, too. they was like, oh, well, if we die, we just get to try again. And so it's like, well, then I'm just going to go in there without really worrying too much. But I,
0: D- Dusty, I, I, I got to talk about this. I'm sorry. Dusty had an idea for a campaign that essentially had something like that where it was like, well, when you die, like, you just, you come back.
1: It was something similar to it, the Animus with Assassin's Creed. Where, and
0: and, yeah. and I told him, I'm like, you have to remember, and Ike, I love you, Ike's at the table. <laughs> He's just going to be like, oh, I can just come back. He's just going to run in everywhere, spot everything out, die, and come back and be like, they're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so- I'm not going to do that because I'm sitting over here just like, oh, no, it's a story, whatever. But Ike's just going to be like, oh, I need to fucking see everything in here. I'm just going to run in and die.
1: <laughs> so that in itself. kind of tend towards our argument of make it different yeah and and
0: and i and i do think that that's probably for me and again i i'm gonna reiterate this day, this is our opinions on things Mm -hmm. um that would probably be the best way for me to do it and feel okay about it and now that i think about it like i kind of wish i had done that in the adventure series instead of the way that I did it, even though like that had been set up and stuff like that. I do wish I'd been like, all right, you know what? We're going to restart this one. I'm going to change up a few things. We're going to come back in 10 minutes and do it again.
1: Because I mean, I said earlier, this is a game and that's the neat thing about it is that you guys can all decide collectively that, Hey, we want to retry that game bit over. And it's like, Yeah. yeah, because that's what it was because most fights are, game mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> they aren't story particularly driven unless you like really get into it, mm-hmm. but
0: well like and for for me like what makes a climactic fight isn't you know it lasting for 5 hours and stuff like that. It's what happens in there. It's what impacts the the characters and the players because like again like I said this in the Curse of Strahd review like I remember telling you guys afterwards like so did you find that fight cool and you guys were like yeah I'm like did you notice it was three turns long no. only and he barely did any damage to you guys it's like <laughs> no no and so I uh, the threat of a TPK being there at the end isn't the biggest thing for me um but I I so let, let let me let me round out this topic at you know God what are we at An hour and forty minutes? So, um, uh, I just wanted to give you a heads
1: up that I do have one more thing to say about it. Oh, then go go yeah. ahead.
0: Let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. So
1: I do want to bring up the concept of the plot device slash rogue one TPK.
0: Okay. Um. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. Sorry. Uh. So so the this, this stems from a conversation we had with one of our friends. Yeah. And um. Because
1: we, we were talking about it as a plot device and our friend was mentioning about how um, he was invested in the concept of the shock value of it, mm-hmm. um, about how it's like three sessions in and there's a TPK and it's like it wipes everyone out. But and,
0: specifically, he was talking about that happening and influencing the world in a way that affects the new characters and they're the real players of the game.
1: Yeah. And so I kind of immediately thought of the... Star Wars movie Rogue One. Yeah. Um, because. <laughs> spoilers if you haven't seen Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, spoilers if you haven't seen any of the Star Wars movies. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, they all die at the end, but there reached a point in that movie where they all knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And they knew what was going to happen. And I think in the same way, When you're playing D&D, that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Like if you as a DM are planning some world event changing thing that will cause a TPK, I think that should have been addressed like probably session zero. Be like, hey guys, so let me just be clear. This one is going to be that suicide mission. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, you're doing this to save this aspect, but we're also going to be continuing this campaign through this different perspective.
0: And I think if you know if, if that's how your table can roll i think that's a great thing you can do i think yeah. sitting down and having that conversation with them is a great idea um but i know that for some people that's not what they want they don't they want that shock value but i don't think that shock value is worth it like uh when we're having this conversation r- with a group of friends like uh Kyle was straight up just like i'll be honest if that happened i would not come back yeah He's like, I, I don't think that that is a fun thing to happen where we have built these characters, we've got invested in them, and then you just killed them for a story reason, and then we got to make brand new characters, and they're the real characters. I wouldn't come back. And yeah. I get that, and but... I, I think if you have that conversation, that is a story that you would very easily tell at a D and game mm-hmm. and would be really fun. Really.
1: And if you're doing that for the love of God, please don't start them off with lower levels than the ones that just died. <laughs> yeah. That don't is do that. such a downer where it's yeah. like, Oh, we played these cool fifth level characters and we have to start at level one yeah. again. <laughs>
2: like
0: while we were talking though, the thing that popped into my head was actually uh demon souls.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Uh, because you do the tutorial area, and then it's just like, here's a boss, and you are not meant to kill that boss. No, you're supposed to die. Granted, <laughs> I've seen someone do it naked with a stick. Yeah. But, you know, Dark Souls players are crazy. But the whole point of it was that you get killed by the boss, and then that's where the story starts. And I remember hearing so many people would just get so mad about that. Okay. And that was in a video game that you'd only been playing for 15
1: minutes. Yeah, You barely learned how to use the controls and here you are facing this unbeatable creature to you and you're like, well, that fucked me over. How am I supposed to get enjoyment out of this? So imagine (laughs)
0: you've spent, you know, like nine, 15 hours with a character and then they get killed just because Mm -hmm. that's the prologue.
1: Yeah. I've, I've talked with Spencer and I think you before about this, about how it really takes me personally, like two to three sessions to really find a voice for a character because i'm i'm not like a theater kid. It takes me a while to get into yeah. that headset and once i do though that's when i kind of get attached.
0: <laughs> I i'm not a theater kid but i do get into characters really quickly. Yeah. Um <laughs> before i actually had Alarith in the game, i had a different character in session 1 <laughs> and i decided that he was just a hyper kid that loved fire and everyone hated him like at the end of it i was just like i was driving home with with tar and kyle i was like was he a little too much And they both went yes i'm like okay i'll <laughs> change all i'll change characters uh for for next session um but but, but yeah to, to be fair uh our, our friend garrett like i'm not saying what he's said is wrong uh, In yeah. i'm not saying that he can find the group that wants that so that i'm 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 gonna round it out with this Uh, And this is how I I ended up talking in the the Twitter conversation was just when it boils down to it on this topic, it's one of those where if you are disagreeing with someone and they they have a very different opinion from you, if you're having fun at the table and your party is having fun,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. they're having fun and their party is having fun, neither of you are actually wrong. And we all you you just you play D&D for different reasons. And that's okay. That's kind of the great thing about this game is that you can play the same you can have the same books and all that fun stuff. But you actually end up playing the game completely differently from each other.
1: I mean, like I constantly tell my players this all the time, like, what's rule number one? And they all say, have fun. Like, you know, (laughs) yeah. Kindergarteners, then when you ask them, like, well, what's the first thing? And so it's like, yeah, I mean, that's that's the goal of playing this game with your friends is to have fun fun yeah and as long as you can achieve that i mean well like yeah
0: like and, and uh, this is not nearly in the same realm but just on the the terms of playing d&d differently like hector who's wrote in like mm-hmm. i've told you briefly about his games I'm and i'm amazed. like and i'm like that is insane and yeah. it and it is such a different way of how I play D and D, but it it sounds so freaking cool and stuff like that. So it's like, it's another flip of that coin where it's just mm-hmm. like we play D and D completely differently, but we both agree with how we play it. Yeah. Um. And but there's some people who are gonna play it differently. I don't like TPks. You might think they're fine. Your party might think they're fine. I don't. That's mm-hmm. fine. It just means that our groups aren't gonna mesh. We're not gonna <laughs> have people who you know go into each other's groups and stuff like that. And that's yeah. fine. You just played a table that you are comfortable at and have fun at. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is an hour and forty-five minutes. Oh my this gosh, <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> so let's, uh, let, let, let's, uh, you know what? I actually think this week we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna skip listener questions because we're going really long. <laughs> uh, Dallas and Brian, we will we will get to your questions uh, next week. Uh, but you know what? If uh, if you need them sooner, email us and we'll we'll get you some answers yeah. in there. Um, but at an hour and 45 minutes if you enjoyed this super long episode <laughs> of difficulty class you can review it on any podcast service you might be listening to it currently and if it's not on a podcast service that you would prefer to be listening to it on let us know and we'll try and work on that yeah. Um, if uh, but yeah if you want to leave a good review that'd be awesome if you don't don't um <laughs> but also uh you know let your friends know about the show that's how we're going to keep going the show has been growing and it's been really exciting to see yeah. and I'd, we would both love to see it grow even more <laughs> and the best way to do that would be to tell your friends about it and you know retweet some of our stuff that would be freaking awesome and we love you uh if you have your own questions that we can get to on a regular length episode of <laughs> difficulty class uh you can send those into difficulty at gmail.com if you'd like to stay up to date on what we're doing say when we're going to be doing a review of xanathar's guide uh you can follow us on twitter at difficulty class and on instagram at difficulty podcast so until next week don't get killed by a super long episode and you talking too much until the point where you pass out